Hello, and welcome back to Margs and Mary, a podcast where we talk about Mary and drink Margs, question mark? <laughs> question mark. For all of those who don't know, this is this is CJ, and that was Emily. And we started out drinking Margs, but now we don't. Right now, however, Emily is drinking alcohol, so that's something. She That she is. <laughs> you know, back, so we, we started in the summertime, or like in the middle of March or so, and Margs were kind of, that's like a summery drink. And I was really into finding the best, convenient, prepackaged margarita, which is not easy, like, because they're not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, like the, the one that I kind of liked the best, it was a little too sweet. And then the ones that were less sweet were just bad. Like the Bud Light ones, the like oh, yeah. Limeritas. Yeah. They're not, not, not good. Um, but my sister brought me from Atlanta, these handcrafted Atlanta hard cider company craft ciders. Um, okay. and it's, it's pretty good. And so I think it's seasonal. It fits the season. It's the margarita of the fall because it's cider. Um, However, um, today it was 82 degrees outside. So it does not feel like fall. Oh my gosh. 82 degrees. Yes. Emily, you are still living in the summer. I really am. It is not. It like got, there's like a week or like two or three days when it was in the 50s and 60s and everybody was like bundling up and freaking out. Mm-hmm. But it's been consistently 70s, 80s, sunny. Do you like that? Do you kind of prefer that? Are you like ready for fall and winter? I, you know, I like the I like the warm weather, but I do like a good change of seasons. I I don't like that it's just always the same. Um, but it is nice that I still am able to like wear shorts and like when I go out running, I don't have to like bundle up or like worry about. Am I going to get too hot and, you know, like, am I wearing too much? So, yeah. It's nice. Wow. I'm shocked that you guys are still experiencing that. I feel like it is, like, full spring fall up here. Like, Hmm. well, I guess it was kind of warm today, but it's been, like, high 50s, 60s. Like, leaves are changing. You know, people are talking about snow days. Like, it is – none have happened. Don't get me wrong. Oh, okay. It's like in the conversation, you know, like Christmas music is playing and it feels right and yeah, all that good stuff. So I'm, wow, I'm shocked. But I can see where that's still pleasant. Like the ability to like not wear a jacket as you go outside. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. And I think, uh, yeah, I went to the beach last weekend. I didn't go into the water, but you know, it was still kind of like you could go to the beach and it wasn't, you know, like blistery and Oh, uh, yeah, it's a different a different kind of fall down in the the coastal low country. <laughs> the coastal low country. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you describe Savannah to all your friends? Yeah. <laughs> uh, coastal low country. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's been a minute since we've recorded. How have you been? How's everything going? Good. I'm just over here getting more pregnant by the day. So. Got a baby in you. Yeah, she's huge now. I feel like she's 30, almost 30 weeks. So we are chugging along. And um, other than that, I feel like everything else in my life seems so minor compared to that, where I'm like, yeah. And then I teach school and those kids are being naughty. 
and like all their little things. Actually, Emily, you this would be a good conversation this podcast sometime, how to handle the situation. In my Catholic school, we had a pro-life and pro-choice argument break out in the cafeteria. Oh, my. I know. Among middle school students? Yeah. Wow. My homeroom specifically, so. Oh. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's tough, but I think, I mean, you have the kind of ability at a Catholic school to just, like, say this is the Catholic Church's teaching and this is what we believe here. Right. No, exactly. Is there any, do you think there's any way, way where, because, like, like yes, and that's like what the the te- the principal did. But I feel like as middle schoolers, they don't really care what authority says. You know, they like mm-hmm. if they're swayed personally by you know a TikTok. Then they don't care really. Um, and so, um, I guess yeah, we can we can table this conversation for another time as well. This could be a longer conversation. I know. Yeah. But, um. We could even kind of even incorporate, like, kind of how would Our Lady handle the situation, like, convince these 12-year-olds, you know. Oh, like, better than we ever could. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure she, like, wouldn't wouldn't do a TikTok kind of thing. Like, how would she do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think even, like, my students were talking about politics, which, like, they're, you know, 10, 11, 12. Like, they don't really – I don't know if they understand what they're saying. Right. Or, you know, the things that they – they, they hear it from their parents, but I kind of just like cut it off. And I was like, look, talking about that is divisive. And we don't want to, you know, be against each other here. We want to foster an environment and a community of charity. And uh, so let's, you know, not talk about politics and focus on things that, you know, can build each other up and not separate us and split us apart. Um, when, you know, I and I use words like that and the kids are just like, what a community of charity edify each other what (laughs) but you know just holding them to that standard of you know we're not gonna we're not gonna look for ways to find differences among ourselves but we're gonna look for what's common and that's difficult too like talking about pro-life and pro-choice because the catholic church has an obvious and clear stance on that Mm -hmm. which is it's very different from just like you know the politics and the president because there are valid you know true positions on both sides but anyway yeah yeah so just that's kind of my update there you go yeah Yeah. well all of this though to say you know no matter what we should always be striving for virtue Transition. We do get better every week. <laughs> that one was that was like a low. That was just anyway. I, the effort was there though. I saw it. it was. I, you know <laughs> the intentions. Yeah, the effort. Um. So our yeah, the goal of the Christian life is uh. Well, the goal of life is to become like God. That's uh, St. Gregory Nazianzen said that, Um, but the goal of, you know, the virtuous life is to become, you know, who God created us to be. Um, So that's what we're talking about today and kind of embarking on this journey of walking through uh, and discussing uh, the 10 Marian virtues. So CJ, do you want to kind of give your your kind of first thoughts or maybe explain where the, the Marian virtues come from and what, what they are? 
Sure. Yeah. So my first thoughts is just kind of like Emily said, the goal of the Christian life is to um, become like Christ and to go live in the kingdom of heaven with him forever. So, um, you know, in order to get there, my priest had a really good homily tonight. Um, but, you know, the, the, the way to get there is just to make sure that every choice you make answers the question, is this making me more holy or is it not? And um, I think a good guide to kind of asking that question, like, is this making me more holy? Because a lot of the times that question is, you know, you ask that and you're kind of looking at two two good things. You know, you're not deciding, like, should I, you know, go and, you know, be a murderer or should I, you know, go and, you know, do something, be Mother Teresa. Like, those aren't our choices typically. Typically, like, we make choices between, you know, two good things. And so um, a good way to kind of, like, help, help make that choice is to just continue to grow in virtue and as this podcast is only about margaritas and mary we only want to talk about um her 10 virtues that she had that we that louis saint louis Montford points out in true devotion and so that being said um emily did you want to like list them or what exactly do you want to do yeah, I think we could list them and then just give an overview of virtue in the Christian life um, and just kind of what virtue is and what virtue looks like and maybe how we can grow in virtue, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so the virtues, they actually come from something we've already talked about. Remember way back, I think like our first or second episode, we talked about ditching your sins and devoting yourself to Mary. Um, it comes from, what? A catchphrase if we ever had one. Yes, our catchphrase, ditch your sins. Um, But true devotion is about ditching your sins and devoting yourself to Mary. And ditch stands for the, you know, the characteristics of true devotion. And one of those is holy, holy. That's the H in ditch. Um, And this is paragraph 108 of True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis Montfort. And he says, true devotion to Our Lady is holy. That is to say, it leads the soul to avoid sin to ditch it, if you will, and to imitate the virtues of the Blessed Virgin, particularly her profound humility, her lively faith, her blind obedience, her continual prayer, her universal mortification, her divine purity, her ardent charity, her heroic patience, her angelic sweetness, and her divine wisdom. These are the 10 principal virtues of the Most Holy Virgin. And then St. Louis Montfort, so that's the end, end quote, he just leaves it at that. He does not explain any of these virtues. He just <laughs> says, look, Mary has all of these, oh, and this is how we need to be too. Wow. Wow. Oh, I bet in his, you know, in- intense wisdom, he was like, well, these are so obvious. I don't need to explain them. Yeah. Well, he also, I think he, um, he was a Thomist a little bit. I think he... He liked St. Thomas Aquinas. So maybe he was just like, these are her virtues. I'll let St. Thomas do the rest. Like, I'll let the the angelic doctor really explain virtue. And, you know, I'm just here to to kind of be the slave of Mary and explain slavery to her. That's so. I Yeah, I, I have a feeling that he kind of had that, like, you know, respect for Aquinas. Aww. I love that. I love the way you put that too. Wow. That makes me like happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. Uh, um, 
Yeah, so I actually, so the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I was actually listening to uh, a lecture on virtue and on Aquinas um, and virtue. And I think that virtue is something like it being kind of the really active part of the Christian life. Um, you know, the, the Christian life, you know, we're body and soul and virtue is a very body and soul thing, like a way to live because it's kind of when our, we're virtuous when our human person is integrated. Like we, what we do with our, like we do what is good for our body with our soul or we do what is good for our soul with our body kind of, does that make sense? Or am I? It does keep going. It does. Yeah. So, um, St. Thomas Aquinas, he defines, you know, he says virtues are, um, they're, they're habits, but they're like dispositions of the soul toward the good. And so when we um, are a virtuous person, we are just disposed and just ready to do the good when it presents itself. Um, so, you know, like the kind of the virtues that kind of the seven main virtues are obviously like the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and then the cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. And so the virtuous person is the one who, when presented with the opportunity to be prudent, they don't have to deliberate or think, they just are able to act prudently. Like it's like they have the muscle or the virtue of prudence. Um, and so I think St. Louis and Montfort listing these 10 virtues are like, Mary didn't have to like, like she, it's not like she had to deliberate. Should I be humble in this situation? She just had profound humility. Like it was a, a virtue or like this kind of spiritual muscle that she had to act in a humble way or her divine wisdom. She just had wisdom. And I, I wonder, and I don't know, just right now as I'm, I'm talking and kind of verbally processing through this, like if her virtues, these 10 virtues of Mary were infused or if she, you know, grew in them over the course of her life. Um, but yeah, that's virtue. Okay. Then, real life. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I feel like there's a couple of points like that, that you said that I kind of want to go back and, and talk on. Um, first of all, A plus religion teacher naming all the seven virtues without any hesitation. Look at you Thank go. Thank you. Um, and then um, how you're talking about how virtue is the are you said I forget exactly the word you used, but it was a good word, like the the cooperation or something of like body and soul. Mm. Um, yeah, like the integration. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, did you want to talk more about that? Because I know like it's it's kind of hard to like to understand that and to kind of get a grasp on that. Yeah. So um, integrity, if you think of, um, you know, what an integer is in math, it's a whole number. So the word integrity just means wholeness, um, like unity. And so oftentimes our sin, a lot of times sin is when like we do something that's like we do something bad for our soul with our body, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe we – like eating too much cake, you know, it feels good. It's pleasurable to the soul, you know, it's pleasurable to whatever, like, um, us, like we like to eat, we like to eat cake, but it's bad for our body to eat a lot of cake. And then because it's, you know, if it's too much, you know, it becomes gluttony and it's also bad for our soul, you know, and just kind of a very, 
uh, kind of low level example, but you know, like lying, it's when we, with our intellect, like we misuse our intellect. Our intellect was created for the truth, but when we lie, we use our intellect not to speak the truth. And so sin and vice is when we kind of, uh, betray our human nature. Uh, the catechism says it's an offense against reason, religion, and right judgment or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So Virtue is when we are integrated, when our body and our soul do what is good for our body and our soul, um, being, you know, good for human flourishment and also good for the worship and glorification of God. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah, kind of way. And like, also on like just a very natural level too, like virtue is not just about like, there's Christian virtue. And I think Christ, um, like elevates and transforms virtue because, uh, you know, like Aristotle talks about virtue, like virtue was a thing before Christ, but because God becomes man, now human action is able to be divine as well, or able to tend toward the divine in a new way. Yeah, which is so wild, like so wild that because like because, that he just, he can do that and that he did that for us. You know, mm -hmm. um, okay. Talking about like the integration of of body and soul, I feel like that that helps me at least to like have a better grasp about kind of like you know flexing that muscle and using it in order to make it grow stronger. Because I feel like half the battle, if not more, is just the discipline of trying to cultivate virtue <laughs> and like the day to day of um, you know not hitting snooze and those kind of things. Um, it's like so much the, the physical or like the emotional side of cultivating virtue can be like just the emotional energy it takes to get out of bed in the morning can sometimes like be a little overwhelming. Um, and, and so kind of hearing you say that it's like the integration of body and soul, because I know that, you know, getting out of bed on my first alarm is not just good for you know, my, my growth and my discipline, but it's also good for my body because nothing beneficial is happening in the nine minutes between now and then the next alarm, you know? Um, but like, but still it's like a, like a thing that I succumb to and I'm sure other people hopefully, you know, hopefully I'm not alone in that, but um, hearing you say it, like it just, it rings so true. I think innately we know that like the body and soul are supposed to be integrated and mm -hmm. that that's the culmination of what God intended for us. Yeah. And I think um, just a couple of things about that, like, so like Adam and Eve before the fall had this perfect integrity of body and soul, you know, and mm. um, Our Lady was, you know, conceived without original sin. So she had, I think, that integrity. Well, not I think. I, I'm very positive. She had integrity of body and soul. You know, she she never did sin. And so she was always directed toward toward God and toward his glorification with all of her actions. So um, I think, yeah, we in our striving for virtue struggle to not, yeah, struggle to get up at the first alarm. But Mary, I, I'm pretty sure had that, you know, like that virtue of always getting up at her first alarm or whatever it is, you know, like those practical day-to-day -day little tiny things that kind of allow us to 
you know, deny ourselves and to become like God and to, um, to become the best, you know, the best person we can be, but also become, um, deified, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like one hangup that I always, not a hangup, but like something that, you know, strikes me a lot when I, you know, think about trying to cultivate a specific virtue or something that I'm working on. Um, I kind of feel like, like almost down on myself and, you know, like, uh, like cultivating virtue is hard and it is hard to be a Christian and it's hard to be, you know, on this narrow path to heaven. Um, but I think it's, it's helpful to like kind of recognize, especially like these 10 virtues and recognize that like, as we grow in them, it, it isn't, I mean, it's, it's hard, sure, but it, it brings so much more joy into our life and it brings so much more freedom and, just like like really just happiness into the day-to-day um choices and so like yeah getting up at the first alarm is you know tough in the moment but two hours later you still feel pretty good about it and so like in reality cultivating this virtue like really just brings joy into the christian life and does not like it doesn't you know constantly create a battle for you it really just creates freedom yeah yeah, and I think um, just thinking about like my my students, my middle schoolers, and then myself in middle school and high school, and like mm-hmm. I think one of the the biggest vices is dishonesty among like middle school kids. Like it's a lot of like the and the good that they're they're looking for is like self preservation. Like they don't want to get in trouble with their parents, yeah. with their teachers, and they lie. And I lied a lot when I was a kid. Just like I didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want my parents to know if I got a bad grade or whatever, but when, when you lie or like when you're living in sin, it kind of breeds that like anxiety and that tension of like, am I going to get caught? When am I going to get caught? Cause you know that you are, you know, when you lie, the truth will always come out. Um, but like you were saying, like when we practice virtue, when we are able to like when we have a virtue, not like when we're in the process of growing the virtue, but like mm-hmm. when you have the virtue of honesty, you're living in a different kind of freedom than the person who's growing toward honesty. And the freedom of like lying is difficult. Like doing what is evil or like doing the sin is unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you also have that peace to know, you know, like if something bad happens and I tell the truth about it, it's not going to be as bad as when something bad happens and I lie about it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. You're just which, so much more at peace. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a peace and a freedom in virtue because we're living in the way that God created us to live. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And it, like it comes to us so much more naturally than even like with your example of the middle school student, like living in a web of lies, you know, that are like, you know, minor lies, you know, minor, whatever. But like about, you know, homework and grades and things like that. Um, but it's it's so much more stressful to like remember all the the little things that you're making up or all the the vices that you're taking part in than it is to just, you know, be honest and to and to strive to, to really have the virtue, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was an art I was reading an article about um, yeah, especially dishonesty in middle school because it's definitely like cheating is such a big thing. Um, but just saying how much more anxious and stressful it is to be in middle school than it is to be like 
in college even because of the amount of dishonesty that a middle school brain has to keep up with. Is that crazy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's kind of tragic, but I I kind of see that. I was a lot more stressed in middle school than I am now, and it was probably because <laughs> I was constantly not doing homework and lying about it. Yeah. Don't tell my mom. She listens. So, my mom. Shout out. <laughs> <Ms. Alstead. laughs> she knows I lied. She always found out. Oh, moms know, right? They do, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, some something else I wanted to pull back from what you were saying was um, like the difference between, you know, striving to try to grow virtue and then actually possessing that virtue. What do you and I, I don't know exactly what the teaching is on this. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, but kind of what is like the moment that you do possess that? Like, how do you cross over the I'm striving to get it and then bam, I possess the virtue? That's a good question. And I think um, if I hadn't listened to this like lecture recently, I probably wouldn't have been able to answer it um, as as promptly and easily as I can right now. Because uh, what uh, what distinguishes kind of the the continent man, the one who is striving for virtue, he does the, the good, but he does it with a little bit of a struggle. But the virtuous man is able to do it, like I said, uh, easily and promptly and joyfully. So he's not like, oh, I want to have the second piece of cake, but it's not good for me to have the second piece of cake. I need to be temperate. Oh, temperance is so difficult, but I, I know I must. You know, that's not the virtuous man. The virtuous man is the one who's able to, like, he doesn't even desire the extra piece of cake because he is temperate. He has that virtue of temperance. Um, and he joyfully forgoes the second piece of cake. Um, because he knows, maybe he knows like subconsciously that it is for his flourishing that he not indulge. Wow. That's a great, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah. So virtue, yeah. Virtue is, it's the disposition. So like if you're, if you're disposed to do the, to the good, in an easy, prompt, and joyful way. Um, And then St. Thomas also says this thing that's really challenging. Um, He says that if you don't have one virtue, you don't have any virtue. Like, you are not virtuous. If you, like, uh, because, like, like if you're a, there's no such thing as an honest murderer, you know, like someone who is truthful, but he also has this vice of uh, intentionally taking the life. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, uh, the you know, like a pure adulterer, you know, oh, that's like a direct contradiction. But, you yeah. know, like if you don't have one virtue, you probably are lacking in them all because virtue is, it strives for the good, like the total good, not just a partial good. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Would you say that there's like one, now I'm just going to put you on the spot for the rest of the thing, but um, is there one that maybe the, the lecture or that St. Thomas has said is like the like the one to go after first and then like that's, I don't know, I guess because I, now I'm like, wait, do you pursue all the virtues at the same time? Like kind of what, what is the method to Mm. being virtuous? Oh yeah. Thanks. That's a great question. Coming from me who has all the virtues already. This is the method I took. No, I'm just kidding. According to St. Thomas, I have no virtue. Um, oh my gosh. which is fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
so I think kind of like two ways to like uh, kind of answer your question is like the St. Thomas is the soul of virtue or like the form. What all virtues come from is charity. So if you don't have, you know, like St. Paul says, you know, if I don't have love, I'm just a, a noisy gong or a clanging simple, you know, like if you don't have love, then why are you being temperate? Why are you being prudent? Why are you being humble? You know, like love is what drives all of the virtues, a love for God who, you know, is the target. Um, But I would say like kind of maybe like the easiest quote unquote virtue to attain to would be kind of the one of our like lowest appetite, which would be like temperance, you know, like just having moderation in our consumption of sensible, pleasurable things. So like food, drink, sex, you know, having temperance, chastity, things like that um, is the like kind of easiest to attain because it's easier to like restrain our like bodies than it would be to restrain our souls, you know, like, so pride is a harder vice to overcome because it's in a higher part of the soul. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, it'd be way easier to control the second piece of cake. Yeah. Then it would yeah. be to say that I'm not good at something for sure. Yeah. Okay. That does make sense. Thanks for that clarification, Emily. I feel like you are very wise on this topic and I appreciate it. I listened to a good lecture and have, yeah, I've listened to a few lectures on, on virtue, done a little bit of reading. So yeah. I, uh, and I think also the, the cider is helping me to remember all these things from all the, whatever classes I've taken. That's amazing. See, that's why we call this podcast Margs and Mary people. That's like, yeah, it was lacking in the past episodes. <laughs> it was lacking wait, in Mark. It was lacking. <laughs> yeah, wait till CJ can drink again and we'll just be on fire. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly we'll just you know have a couple have a couple shots real quick beforehand drink a margarine <laughs> we'll be all liquored up and it'll be good yep yep um okay well i i don't want to run over time um but i think this is a, a good place to kind of wrap it up and then next time we can dive more into the more specific virtues and kind of what they are and how to apply them to our lives and yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good, hopefully a good foundation for like, yeah, what's a virtue and why is virtue important? I think it was kind of up kind of pie in the sky, but we can ground it in the, the forthcoming episodes. Yeah. I like, I like that idea, but I also, I, I think it's good, at least for me to like hear the pie in the sky thing, because I'm not good at pursuing that like outside of really of like conversations, like with people who are, philosophically minded and so like hearing about like yeah the pie in the sky idea of virtue I feel like reminds me that there is like so much to strive for and there's so much knowledge to go and seek um and it yeah there's just like a lot of resources out there that help us to apply it to our practical daily lives so yeah Mm -hmm. for sharing that I appreciate it yeah St. Thomas what a guy like yeah I don't know how he did it he had angelic purity so yeah, he, he possessed it. He, he he possessed all the virtues, I'm sure. You know, if he had angelic purity, he had the rest, too. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think that's a pretty bold claim to say, wow. Like, if you don't have one, if you don't have one, you'll have them. I know. Yikes. Okay, well, let's go strive for virtue. <laughs> On that note, 
<laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.